Okay, hello listeners and welcome welcome to episode 45 of the Picky Bastards podcast. You, If you listen a lot, you may recognise my voice. I am back from paternity leave. Um, just so you know how dedicated I am to this podcast, I also had a tooth ripped out of my face this morning. Um, it was by a dentist, it wasn't just by some bloke on the street, but <laughs> I'm back. Um, I'm here for the podcast and today is the Mercury Prize special episode, which we do every year. Um, unfortunately... Regular picky bastard Nick Parker cannot be with us today. He's not feeling too well. So it's actually our first one without Nick, isn't it? Is that right? I think so. Matt, is first it? One ever. Yeah. First one ever. So Nick, if you're listening, I hope we live up to your standards, mate. Um, I am, of course, <laughs> here with Matt Paul. Hello. How are you, Matt? Pretty good. How's it going? How's the hurricane in New York? Um, it's, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still gross. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I hope that everybody is okay. That's a bit of a dark turn I just took. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. You didn't have to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I needed something to ask you. And we're also here with Sam Atkins, who I was thinking about this as we came towards the podcast. Like, we still call him a guest, but he's been on so many times now that I don't think he really qualifies as a guest anymore. I think oh, he's. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely yeah? not special anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> You're not a special guest. I was thinking what you, what you might be. And I, I came up with maybe you're a lodger. Or, you know, or like kind of irritant or like... like well, yeah, the, the second thing, and I'm sorry, like, Sam, like the second thing I thought of to compare you to was, you know, when a neighbour turns up and wants to borrow oh, something yeah, yeah. And, then, and then doesn't really leave your house. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that maybe is, that's a that bit what me. you are like on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, but we well, love having maybe. you here. You're a neighbour that we want to live with. Maybe he's the extra beetle. Go, Matt. <laughs> the extra beetle. Maybe he's the extra beetle. Yeah, what was that guy called? I don't know. <laughs> George Martin? <laughs> George Martin. Okay, so from now on, we call Sam George. Um, how are you, Sam, anyway? I'll stop insulting you. Are you doing okay? No, I'm good. I am happy to be here to talk about the Mercury Prize, which clearly I am hyped. I'm always hyped for yeah. awards. Sam loves awards. In case you didn't know that, Sam loves awards, all awards. Um, where does yeah. Mercury rank for you, mate? Is it the best award? Is it? No, I don't, I don't know. It's different. I like that it's like its own thing. Better than the Grammys? It's just there's just less of it. So the Grammys is there's so much and so many things wrong with it. Um, <laughs> so it always makes it more exciting. Yeah. But this is like the one okay. that matters, isn't it? Surely. At least for UK artists. Oh yeah, totally. Okay, so now we have Sam's views on the Mercury Prize. Should we get to talking <laughs> about what albums are on it? Are shortlisted this year. So on the list for this year's Mercury Prize um, is Arlo Parks with Collapsed in Sunbeams, Black Country New Roads for the First Time, Berwyn's Demo Tape slash Vega, which is all in capitals, Mogwai's As the Love Continues, Salt's Untitled Rise, Hannah Peel with Fair Wave, Gets with Conflict of Interest, Nubia Garcia with The Source, Next one is the long one. It's Floating Point, Pharaoh Sanders and the London Symphony Orchestra with Promises. We've got Celeste with Not Your Muse, Pink Noise by Laura Mavula and Blue Weekend by Wolf Alice. So there are 12 albums. Um, I'm going to ask a few round-robin questions to start us off. We're each going to get 90 seconds to, to answer them and then we'll, you know, we'll get into all of the albums as we go through. So are you guys both ready? Cool, yeah. Ready. Let's do this. Yeah. So the first question, which all three of us will answer, is which album do you want to win? And once I found my obnoxious timer, I'm going to go to Sam. So go on, Sam. Which album do you want to win? 
Have you started the timer? Are we good? I have. I have. Okay. I've, started. I've, go, wasted, go. I've already wasted seconds. Um, I, <laughs> I want Arlo Parks, Collapsing Sunbeams, to win. Um, this is the album I've listened to the most of any of them, before or after or whenever, um, even before it was announced. Um, it's just kind of been a soundtrack to the last few months, I think, for me. Um, and I kind of had Fran to thank for kind of getting me to listen to Black Dog last year. Um, and I've, I'm, okay. I really, really like this album. It, it feels like the sort of perfect debut album where there's someone who clearly has like found their sound and mm. and is, has that consistently across the whole record. And even though perhaps you think maybe there needs to be a little bit more variety at times, some of the verses kind of blend into each other. I feel like as a, every one of these songs is an Arlo Park song. And I think, feel like that's a really, really good way of, of kind of bringing out a debut album. Um, and I, I love the instrumentation on most of the songs. And um, it's kind of a, a lot of it's kind of guitar led, but the guitars aren't kind of like really high in the mix. It's kind of everything sort of blends into each other. Um, and, and everything's so su- super smooth and effortless. Like they're just kind of jamming in the, in the studio and it's like, just so easy to listen to uh, like green eyes and Porter 400 is some that I've picked out that I feel like really kind of capitalize on that. And it's just such a easy album to, to put on. Um, and I feel like the reason I think she should win is it's not even my favorite. Oh, I finished. I'm going to mm-hmm. let you finish that sentence though, I because gonna I, I'm going to admit that I'd originally put the um, timer on for, an hour and a half rather than 90 seconds. So I got a bit confused in the <laughs> wow, middle. So possibly I got that wrong. So finish your point. I have ages to go. Um, I was just going to say, it's, it's not even my favorite album on the shortlist. Um, that will become clear uh, soon. But I just feel like she is the kind of, she would be a, the perfect winner. I feel like this year, she kind of sums up this year in music um, for me in terms of British music. So that's kind of why I want her to win. Okay. Brilliant. You definitely went over 90 seconds in the end, so oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to feel less bad yeah, about my, my error. That was that was the most generous I've ever heard you be. Me? Yeah. Well, I, I fucked up, and when I fuck up, I admit it, mate. That's that's <laughs> just the way I am. So we'll move on from that. Okay, Matt, who do you want to win? Go. And you're not getting cool. extra time. Oh, no problem. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, so my, my vote is for Salt. Um, I've wanted – well, they've been, like, top of my list pretty much since I heard this album. Um, and I think a lot of the discussion around them is going to be between their two albums that they released last year, one of them of which isn't eligible, and that's the one that a lot of people consider to be the better one. Um, But for me, I think it will be unfair to discount um, this album just because they also released a very good album. It's only just maybe beaten by... um, uh, Black is their other their other album, um, and so I think it's an incredible feat that they pr- produced these two amazing albums, which were both near the top of last year's best albums. Um, they're both uh, amazing albums in their own rights, and they both kind of perfectly encapsulate a moment in time. Um, but for me, th- this one is more optimistic. It's more uh, fun. There's, uh, there's just uh, a little bit uh, extra going on. And um, 
I think really, even though it maybe is the second best of their albums, it's still potentially better than any other album uh, on this list. And uh, that was produced last year. So that's, that's why. It. You're done. Just as an aside, Matt, um, me and your, your wife had a yeah. conversation around your birthday about which Soul album she should buy you on vinyl. Did I get it right? Because from what you just said, I'm not sure. Uh, which... I like I like both of them a lot. And okay. I, can, I can see that record because I was playing it uh, recently. Did, did, so did, just... did, did we choose Black Ears? Did I go with Black Ears in the end? Yeah, you chose Black was Ears. I right? Was I right? Can you just tell me I was right? Um, I would be happy with both. Because okay. I think they're both fantastic albums. Fuck you with you sitting on the fence. I need to add extra like weight into this game. Okay. Do you want to time me? Yeah, I gotcha. Ready? Go. I'm ready. Okay, so in all the years we've been doing this podcast special about the Mercury, this is the easiest answer I've ever had to this question. Um I'm really surprised in an episode where I expect me and Sam to probably disagree on quite a few albums that we agree on who should win. Um, I definitely undoubtedly want Arlo Parks to win. Um, not only because it's a great debut album by an exciting new artist, which is what the Mercury should be about in my eyes, but also because it's one of the only the two albums on the shortlist that's consistently good from the start to finish for me. Um, I think every song is great. I love the poetry of it. I love the style and the performance. And I really admire, Sam touched on this, but I really admire that a 20-year-old has come into music with such a clear and consistent idea of their voice, their sound, and their message. Um, I love the blend of the personal and the universal in her music. I think she tells stories about her life, but relates them to a lot of struggles that will be really relatable to her audience, I think, particularly in terms of sexuality, identity, and mental health. Um, I think songs like Black Dog, Eugene, Too Good, are all really relatable to me, even at 37. So I think it's really important to have a voice like this in music. Um, I think she deserves to win it for coming out with something so cohesive and complete and living up to the hype that she's been earning for herself. But I will say something similar to what Sam said. I, I suspect there's going to be much better to come from Arla in the future. I think this is a cracking album and would be a deserving winner. But I think she has something more groundbreaking in her in the future as she gets older. I think she's going to be an absolute star. And I think potentially she might be a two-time Mercury winner if she, if she wins this time. Because I, I would expect her to come out with something great in the future too. Yes, I beat the 90 seconds. Perfect. So, Arlo Parks and um, Salt. Sam, we agreed on something. Can we just yeah. recognise um, that moment? And I, I shouted you out in my thing that it's your... Yeah. Because of you, I even bothered to listen to this. So I do I do remember the conversation of... Um, I, I think I was posting on our, our Picky Bastards WhatsApp group about Arlo Parks for about six months. And I remember when you finally listened to her and you said... This is not what I was expecting at all because I assume yeah. me recommending it <laughs> it's made it think it would be something you wouldn't want to listen to. It's, but, it, um, yeah, there's something yeah. you you touched on a bit, and I wrote down the word genreless. Like I mm. can't think of what genre the album is supposed to be. Like it's a really good point. It's kind of like its own thing, and it you could compare it to so many different things. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons that it's so kind of perfect for the Mercury. Cause I can't imagine someone listening to these albums and going, I really hate that. Like it's, there's something in it that anybody can get surely. Um, I think so. I think yeah. so. I would have been interested to hear um, what Nick would have had to say to it. Cause he's the person on, on the podcast that I wouldn't have been sure about his reception. I mean, Matt, I don't know if you can talk about it now or is I it. I can't talk about it. It's an answer to one of your later questions. Hold, yeah, I can hold, talk. Hold tight. I can talk about salt now. Um, and what I'm going to do is do exactly what Matt pretty much said. He doesn't think people should do, which is compare it to the previous album. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, 
I mean, I'll explain why as I go through. Um, I was a big, big fan of Black Is. Um, I think another one that I talked about in the WhatsApp group. Um, and Rise came out literally the week that I first heard Black Is. So I kind of held off listening to Rise. I kind of didn't want to muddy the water of getting into the first one. Um, I think that first one's such an exquisitely produced, exciting album. I think it's so dynamic. I think there's so much going on. I think Rise is equally well produced. I think the musicianship is just as impressive, but I do personally think there's less going on. Um, I think it still has outstanding moments, but my issue with the album in comparison to the previous one is how much is done with some of the the individual tracks. I think if you look at the opening two songs, for example, I think Strong is, is very long. It's pretty repetitive. I don't think it develops as well as you would hope. I think Fearless sort of does the same thing. And I think there's problems of repetitiveness throughout the album that I struggled with. I think Street Fighter, I Just Want to Dance. I'm not saying it's a bad album, though. I think they're a fascinating group. I think for me, it just doesn't touch the levels of Black Is. And because they came out so close together, it's always fallen by the wayside for me when I'm comparing the two. Or when, I'm, when I think about sticking a Salt album, I stick, um, I stick Black Is on. That said, there's some great songs on this one. I think particularly towards the end of Rise, it gets really good. I think Uncomfortable is fantastic. I think Scary Times is one of the best things they've done at all. Um, and they would definitely be one of my preferred win winners on this list, even if I don't personally love this album as much as the other. I like what they're about. I think they're really exciting. I think they're politically on point. And I think the fact that they're so political is probably why they won't win the Mercury. Um, I think it'll go to someone less political. But I do think it's a great album. Sam, I don't know. I do think it's a very good album. I think Black Is is a great album. Does does I know you said some of them are repetitive. Does like yeah. I just want to dance. Does that not get stuck in your head, like in a good way? It gets stuck in my head in an annoying way. I'm afraid that song. Um, oh, that song. Just, that song annoys me a little so bit. Devoid of joy in your life, aren't you? Frank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just um, it's just a bit too. It's just a bit too fucking disco, you know. Yeah, so, that's I, good. I I can talk about this. Um, cool. Go for it. Because I wrote down this will come up in the want to win section. And if it doesn't, yeah. I'll be very surprised. So yeah, I was right there. Um, it would have been Nick's choice as well, I think. Yeah, I I mm. love this because I know Matt, you picked this in the article, didn't you? As yeah, the, yeah, both me well, and Nick did. Yeah, so um, there's no surprise that it's on the list. I think, and it fully deserves to be. Like I, I think this album makes me want to dance. I smile the whole way through. It's mm. really good vibes, and yet you're sat there, and then you're kind of thinking about, well, actually how can I change my perception on this or that it manages to do both things. And I, for me, that's why I gravitate towards this record a little bit more than black is. I really love both. Um, mm. I do think they're kind of one in the same, that they're, they're very much the same kind of, um, it's like a double album, basically yeah. the way that they were yeah. released. Um, mm. And for me, this is the one that I gravitated towards. I think like free and sunshine and, uh, Street Fighter and Strong. I think these those songs just they just make me they're like funky but like honest and soulful and all of these things and I, I've just uh, it really stands out on here. The reason I would never say that I want Salt to win and this is this is the problem is I love this album, but I feel like part of their like whole thing is that like oh we don't know who they are and we mm-hmm. we never see them they never perform and maybe I enjoy that too much that I just don't want them to like 
be at the Mercury's and turn up and then accept the award because <laughs> it just kind of ruins this like mystique of like, oh, it could be anyone in in this collective and kind of like they bring these special guests in and I'm sure that's going to change and they'll probably do a tour and then it'll be, oh, it's actually these people and stuff. But yeah. I think I enjoy that too much. Um, and the other reason I don't actually think it's going to win uh, is that, I think it's a bit too similar to the Kiwanuka record from last year. Mm, and yeah. I, I think they're not, it It has a lot more kind of a dancey vibe, but I do think they're very, very one in the same kind of message. And I I can't think of the Mercury's kind of giving the same sort of album, the, the award the year after. I don't think that really happens, um, which I feel like that's a bigger reason why they might not win. Um, yeah. Because there is there is quite a lot of a connection, I think, between them. I mean, they've worked with Michael Kawanuka, haven't they, quite often. Yeah, yeah. He's probably um, in the band for all we know, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. Probably playing guitar. Yeah. Do we know that Cleo Soul is definitely in the band all the time? Or is I'm that convinced, just a... but yeah. I don't know. I think I think, I think, think it's them and um, I, one other, the producer, mm. are known to be in the band, I believe. I could be I mean, wrong. I, I think that if they win it, I don't think they'll turn up anyway. I think it'll be well, some sort of um, weird acceptance. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the only. I think there's only two acts that aren't performing at the actual show, and they're one of them. Okay. Um, yeah, I would, I would hope so because their their whole shtick and the rejection of what it is to be a band in mm. these current times. If they do, then just go for awards and are like, hey, photo shoot. Um, yeah, that does. I mean, it doesn't sit well. I'm going to have to be a little bit, um, I, I, the whole fucking, who are we, we're Mr. I find it a bit wanky. I mean, that's part of why I don't want them to <laughs> oh, win. To- I totally get that. I feel like whenever I speak to people and say they should listen to it, I do feel like they're very much like, well, this is the kind of uh, the intelligent musician yeah. kind of pick. But in the end, I think the album is like really accessible. Like yeah, I think yeah. a they lot make, of they make great music. music. Yeah, so, so maybe that that is a problem from that side and they probably well, should stop the word accessible that. is though probably where my my where my preference for black is coming i felt like black is was a little bit more challenging i felt like this album was maybe yeah. with its disco more disco sound was a little bit too accessible and a little bit less unique to me but again none of this is to say it's a bad album um it's just to say that and then it's not as good as as the previous one and i, I don't i don't think it's quite as you know it made my top four on this list that's what i'll i'll say I mean, the, the latest one they've put out again, I think, is is interesting. But we could let's not get onto that. Let's move on. We could <laughs> we could talk about we could talk mm. about salt for a whole podcast, couldn't we? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, should we move to the next question? Let's do it. Which I wouldn't be surprised if they came up again at some point. But the next question is, who do you think will win? Once I've got my timer ready, we're going to start with Matt. So when you start now, Matt, go. Cool. So uh, I'm going to talk about Arlo Parks. So we're hey. just going to keep on the same two things. Um, yeah. So I, I think um, that this is going to win because it does hit that balance that we were kind of talking about um, or you you guys talked about where it's... I've written down in my notes generic, but I don't mean generic in a bad way. I mean, it's universal, I guess. It, mm. it has that balance of being very open and easy for people who um, don't listen to too much music or they listen to a variety of different kinds of music. And it's so inoffensive um, that everyone is going to be fine with it being on. 
Um, but despite that, it still actually has enough like creative creativity within it um, and unique like fingerprints over it to still be interesting and like it could still be lauded by the like Mercury Committee um, because of the like what it's got going in. Um, I think overall, it's it's a very like I don't want it. I I liked this album. I didn't love it. I think it's a very nice album. Um, there's some clear big singles um, towards the front end, like I think like second through fourth track, um, and the rest is is good, um, but less interesting for me. Um, and and so it does have this vibe of like this would be perfect for like a little cafe somewhere. Well, before you say anything else wrong, the alarm's going to cut you off. Um, yeah, you said lots of right stuff as well, though. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to. I was. I was interested to ask. Obviously, you just got to it, but you didn't seem to commit quite early on in that about whether you actually like the Arlo Parks. But we, we'll, we'll it get just, more to that. It feels safe. Mm. That's what I, I suppose. That's what I'm getting at when I talk about doing something a bit more groundbreaking. I think when I first heard the album, I felt a bit of that. I think it's grown on me and grown on me and grown on me. Um, mm. But when I first heard it, I felt a little bit of that too. Yeah. Well, okay. maybe safe is what people need right now. Maybe it is. Shall we? Uh, is it yeah, me? You ready? Yes, it's me. Yeah, she, you're me. up. Ready? Okay. There you go. So even though I've said that I don't think Salt will win, I think there's two like most likely winners are Salt and Getz. Um, I do unfortunately think Getz will take the prize in the end. I think it has the ingredients of a recent Mercury winner. I think it does the thing of hinting about how political it is without ever being too strong in its message, which I think is a theme of, of recent winners. Um, I think it almost completely follows the Dave blueprint from a couple of years mm. ago, in fact. Um, it's a very similar album to Psychodrama, but just without the annoying um, psychiatrist mm. skits. Um, mm. For me, though, I think... I don't I don't dislike the Getz album. I think it would be a pretty weak winner. Um, I think it's a, it's a bit of a bland album. I think you have to get five songs in before it really has anything that majorly st- stands out, and that's when Skepta comes in. Um, so, yeah, I think there were good songs across this Gets album. I think Good Hearts and IC3 are both great. Um, but I, I reminded again, and this will come up a lot for me tonight, that this is an album competition. It's not a who's got a few great singles competition. And I think as an album, mm. this is too long, it's too meandering, and it's too samey. I think it's a 16-song album, and very few songs excite me that much. I think it's a pretty slow uninspiring level all the way through um and unfortunately the moments for me that really differentiate themselves and stand out are the ones that don't work at all like the sappy ed sheeran tune why does he keep turning up on these albums anyway, <laughs> um so yeah i can see the gets winning and i can see reasons why it should win and i can see reasons why it would be considered as a strong candidate but on a personal level i'm bored by it i only had one more sentence Okay, so over to Sam. Who do you think will win? Sam, go. I don't need the 90 seconds because I'm going to say Arlo Parks again. Um, okay. I Last two years, I've picked the same for both of these questions. And I've also yeah. have agreed with Matt on what I think will win. Um, and last year, they did win. Um, so maybe Arlo Parks will win this. Um, yeah. But yeah. Pretty much everything everyone has said, I actually, I really like it, but I also agree with what Matt's saying is that it isn't kind of, it is inoffensive in in that sort of like anybody can listen to it. So I do think that the voters are going to, 
I think mm. um, there's lots of things going on in this shortlist and lots of different styles and all of this stuff. And I feel like this kind of stands out for its kind of, I think everyone voting will enjoy it. And I don't think there'd be like an uproar if it won. So that's why I think it's going to. Um, how, I, I, how does the voting work? Do you know? Does anyone know? Jamie Cullum yeah, picks it. It's just Jamie Cullum every year. He just picks which one he wants to win. There's like there's like twelve people, and then they supposedly sit in the room and then argue about it on the day. Um, yeah, and kind of come to a unanimous decision. That's what they tell us anyway. It upsets yeah. me a little bit that every year um, Jamie Cullum and Anna Mc this prize that I spend so much time thinking about and listening to. Every year, Anna Calvi and Jamie Cullum get a fucking show. <laughs> like, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, to, to, to touch on the Arlo Park points, I agree. I think that's what I'm getting at with the it not being groundbreaking. I'm going to see her in November and I can't wait. But I think I do feel like this is this is the start of yeah, a massive... Yeah, she's totally going to be nominated career. again. Like, I've written that mm. down as well. This, this won't be the last time she's nominated, which I yeah. feel like maybe she'll do something much better and that, that sort of thing usually happens and people will win and then mm. they'll do something even better than that and then they won't win. Um, so yeah. that kind of thing I, I could see um, happening. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like a, a hint more dynamism like in throughout really the rest of the album would, yeah. would take it up really like a gear and it would become like a sensational album, I think. It's just, it needs that just extra little little bit, bit but for a debut it's impressive cool does anyone want to talk about gets at this point i can uh, talk about gets Sam? yeah um yeah i i picked this on the on the website as as something that should be nominated um i still stand by that um and i really really like this album um i i find it weird that you've compared it so directly to the dave album because i i get that it's sort of the same genre but i wouldn't I wouldn't even say that this is in that same kind of political. Um, mm. That it's not in the same side of things as like the Kano record or the Dave mm. record or even Stormzy. I, I feel like this is a lot more straightforward, like beats and bars kind of album. Yeah, and I feel mm. like that it works because of that. Because I think Getz is really engaging as a performer on this. I I feel like I feel bad because I've I feel like I've kind of ignored him for so many years. And he appears on so many albums that I really like. And he's always on appearing at people's shows, doing great verses on people's songs. And he's kind of like one of the originators along with all of those people and like Ret 32 and um and Kano and all of these people that kind of all started at the same time, Dizzy. And, and I really like the moments when some of those people kind of turn up. It feels like mm. everyone's kind of got each other's backs in, in that side of it. I think quite often it can, so, some kind of like grime songs can feel a bit like they're like attacking other people, but this feels yeah. very much like everyone is rooting for Getz to have this moment in his career. And it is like, the career defining album that he's done um and this is the first time it feels like he's like a fully fledged artist um and Isn't I feel his like, debut as well sam is that right no it, it, he's had like a couple of albums but this is his debut like major label album okay, so it's the okay, first okay. one that's had a big push but he's he had albums like 10 years ago and um or like whether they were counted as mixtapes then i don't know um mm. but this is the first one that's kind of really broken through and um being like a big a big thing um yeah i i i picked out ic3 as well 
than what you said, Fran. Yeah. Um, and I I really like Fire and Brimstone. I really like the one with um with Dizzy on it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think Autobiography is like the out and out highlight of the album. And I know that that sort of song has kind of been done in this genre quite a lot of I'm telling you my story, but I I like kind of the the honesty that he brings to it. And he's very open about everything that's happened and kind of what it's meant to him through, through his whole career and his struggles and, and kind of, it feels really kind of like laying it all out. Um, so the, the one thing I will say about Getz is that he is extremely lucky that Dave released his album like a week after the, yeah. the eligibility period yeah. ended, because there is no yeah. way he'd have made the shortlist as the only yeah. grime album because that album is absolutely winning the Mercury next year. There is nothing that's going to, it, it mm. has, it has the prize written all over it already. Um, like yeah, like that would like, 100% have been on this list and probably would have won. Um, had it been a, long a way couple to of weeks earlier. Oh, I know totally. But yeah. I'm saying that now and I'll eat my words when it doesn't get nominated. Yeah. Um, a year from I now. I think it's interesting here when you talk about Gets though, Sam, because I think my problem with the album, why I said it sounded like the Dave, it's maybe not a political thing. It's more the sound of the album. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. It's the it's, reason I struggled to get into as far as you just have and some of the stuff you've just explained sounds really interesting, but because I found the album quite samey all the way through, I never really got to that point where I, um, I could engage with the story. Um, and also I don't know, I, I don't know as much about gets as you do. So there's obviously that, but I think maybe if I'd, maybe if the album was a bit more dynamic and varied, that would have, got to me but I, I don't know what about you Matt? are you it, able to talk about him at the minute or? yeah yeah i think this album yeah. has much more going on than the psychodrama like psychodrama is very it's better than psychodrama and, i will say that i will stark. say it's better than psychodrama like the, the production of psychodrama is very stark and like this felt like it's it's still very grimy but it had like some like classic hip-hop motifs in there and stuff that added an extra element that isn't i don't think as common within grime um and i so i quite enjoyed hearing those like these um, uh, more like mix of hip hop sounds within within the grime back, uh, like backdrop, and um, I think it made it uh, much richer than um, some grime at least. Um, and I, I I I like the album as a whole. Yeah, as you touched on, it's it's too long. It loses punch mm. over its punch over time. Um, yeah, the Ed Sheeran song sucks. That's like an Ed Sheeran <laughs> song with gets featuring. Um, just go and I, yeah, I, I totally see what Sam was saying about the features. It does add this kind of like warmth to the album and like a celebratory tone. Um, but I also don't think the features in the, the actual songs added that like much. I think gets out, outshone pretty much all of them. Um, and so it's like they almost detracted in some ways. But I also see that, like that warm vibe. I haven't thought about it until now, but that they do add to like the tone of the album, even if they're not necessarily adding to the content. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought it was it was really good, and I I, I was uh, quite excited to listen to it. I just okay. yeah wish wish he'd trimmed it down a little bit. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, don't we? Um, yeah, people tripping it, trimming down albums. Okay, I think that's that question covered, isn't it? So yeah. Question three, what was your favorite discovery? And I'm going to start this time. So when you're ready, you're ready? yeah, I am. Right. I am. Go. Okay. So it's definitely pushing it for me to call these a new discovery, given that I'd seen them 
on a new band stage at a festival and listen to the album two or three times. But if you want an answer to this question, the only one I can possibly give you is For the First Time by Black Country New Road. I think the reason they're okay, as my answer here, is because despite those previous previous experiences, I feel like I only got my head around them during this last month of listening to this playlist. Um, mm. I think what struck me the most is that while I'd previously dismissed them as a bit too abrasive for my tastes, there was actually a lot of quiet beauty in this album. I think the instrumentation at the end of Athens, France, for example, is is absolutely sublime. I think the whole of track X is just gorgeous. Um, that guitar line's beautiful and the restrained use of the sax is, is perfect. I think that might be the best song on this whole shortlist. Um, but something else I, f- I missed on those first two listens is that they're actually just a really fun band too. I think the playing style, the song construction and the lyrics, they're just kind of letting loose and enjoying themselves. I have no doubt that this will split opinion in this group, um, but the breakdown at around six minutes of sunglasses is one of the most enjoyable bits of music I've heard in 2021. I think the whole, I'm more than adequate, leave Carney out of this, leave your search in, in the cabinet section is just, just fucking great. I can listen to it all day. Um, I read that that came out of an argument with a part with a partner and the singer when he was told the singer was told he wasn't allowed an opinion because he's a fan of Kanye. And I love the idea that mm-hmm. they made it into a song. I think it's great. <laughs> um, I then love science fair too. I think it's got all the hallmarks of a great short story. The first line, first lines are amazing. Oh, I've got so much yeah. to say about this album. Tough. But yeah, <laughs> I just want to get one jibe in for James. If he's listening, this is the album that dry cleaning wish they could make. <laughs> I'm done. Um, okay, that's me. <laughs> Welcome to the Take Dry Cleaning Podcast. I was going to say that's the, the fifth podcast. <laughs> <even> nominated. <laughs> um, Sam, which album was your favourite discovery? Go. Yeah, so I think mine that I ended up picking, there was a couple I could have picked from, but I, I've kind of I've gone with the Hannah Peel album, um, okay. Fur Wave. Um, I think just because it's of the new ones to me, um, which was kind of, half of the shortlist this was the one that i really enjoyed the most um the first thing for me is that this it sounds like like a game soundtrack like i could mm. see i could hear this like mm. as like a like infiltration music of like going into like a secret base or something um, and i don't know whether that's why i like really engaged with it um but it really stands out in this whole shortlist as kind of the main the major like electronic sound and i don't think there's anything else on the whole shortlist that sounds remotely like this um i really like the way it kind of ebbs and flows some of the tracks are very like trancey and very uh like driving beats but it's not like a dance record either it's much more of kind of um it leans a bit into the ambient sound but it also kind of um it's it's very bassy as well um I, and i love the the use of like strings or other instruments on it as well alongside the electronic sounds um like ecovocative i picked that out as a an example of that um and i really like emergence in nature um that was a big highlight for me that's like throbbing baseline um and yeah it's it's kind of like it gives you it's like a we're nature doing, album but we're doing the 90 seconds today lads Alex, so not, yeah. like, not like us pushing it so yeah the whole time um, okay, well, Matt, over to you. What was your favorite yeah, discovery? Ready. Go. And my favorite discovery was Berwyn. Um, for me, this feels like if a if James Blake made a hip hop album, um, and it's got these really, I think it has a really interesting sound. I initially, when I first listened to it, was a little turned off. So I was like, oh, there's nothing really going on in this. Um, but it's grew on me more than anything else on the list. 
Um, I think it does a really good job of balancing the quieter, more kind of vulnerable moments with the more kind of brash and edgy songs that it has. Um, it has some really, really pretty piano in it, but then it has some big beats at times. Um, and the way he just kind of puts everything together, there's lots of weird noises and layered in, and it has this real atmosphere to it while also sounding um, not overwrought or overdone. Um, it just, I think I would compare it to say like what we covered last month with Dean Blunt. It feels like an album of the similar vibe, but this is what what happens if you do it right. And you, everything in it is very purposeful. Everything is very efficient. You kind of get in and you get out. It's 30 minutes and you're done. And everything was there for a reason, it feels like. And so I, I really enjoy this like quick snapshot of an album that just does what it does and leaves you with like a good taste in your mouth. Wow, 90 seconds on the dot, mate. Nailed hey, it. I'm getting better um, after five years. We've all answered that, haven't we? So I, if, if everyone's okay with it, I might jump in on, on Berwin. Okay. Um, Let's do it. Just because towards the end there, you said the line, everything has a purpose and everything's there for a reason. There's a couple of things I, I will get you to explain why they're there for me in that case. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but I'll start here. Um, I found the Berwin record a really frustrating listen in a way. Um, it was frustrating to me because I think there's an awful lot to love here. Um it's actually my third favourite album on the list after Arlo Parks and Black Country New Road. But then there are a fair few decisions and moments that I think let it down quite badly. Um, if we start with the positives, though, I think it's musically very interesting. It's extremely minimal, but it does a lot with its silences and its sparseness. I'm not surprised you picked it, Matt, because I think there's a real Bon Iver influence here. Yeah. And I'm obviously yeah. a fan of that. I think he's been listening to Bon Iver a lot. Um and then I think the poetry on Crushed Velvet is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think the storytelling on the freestyle towards the end is really raw and emotive. I think that song kind of reminds me of Prom King by Saba, um, yeah. which is, again, great. I think the song Heartache and Chess Pains is fantastic. So on the basis of all of this, this could have been my favorite discovery, but there are real problems. Um, I think Ashtray is not a bad song, but its placement on the album is weird. It stands out like a sore thumb. It doesn't sound like anything else here, and it sets the album up as something as it isn't, which was a struggle for me. Um, Trap Phone, I think that shows the issue of having such basic instrumentation. I think it's just too plodding. Um, but then the weird... This is, these are the things that you can explain to me, Matt. The weird voice modulations he decides to use on Missing You and Farewell are really distracting. On Missing You, he sounds like the killer from Scream. And on <laughs> Farewell, he sounds like he's trying to impersonate Elmo, and I don't understand why. Um, it's bizarre. And then there's also some great, there's some great storytelling and lyricism, but there's also times when he really lets himself down. On the song Glory, it's got some of the worst lines I've heard for a while. It's, how can I be the shortest man in every room I walk in, but consistently the closest to God? Maybe because I'm always high. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about why did sleeping in a car only fill me with drive? I just think it's so bad. Um, and I think shit like that really distracts from what is otherwise quite a powerful and unique album. So in the end, it was kind of disappointing. I think there's moments of huge promise, and I'll definitely be listening to more of him. But on 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 a whole, there was too many things that put me off for me to totally get on board with it. Um, but yeah, like I say, it did make my third favorite on the list. So maybe that tells you a bit about where I stand with this list. But um, <laughs> yeah, tell me I, about why I, the Elmo voice is there and why the, the, I, why the, the modul- voice is there. The modulation is a little too much. 
I think if he toned mm. it toned it down just a tad, that would be fine. Like having having the modulation is fine. I just think I agree. Yeah. It, it was maybe a little overwrought. And uh, lyrics don't matter, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam, are you able I, to talk about yeah, this time? Yeah, I can jump in. I I nearly picked this as my uh, kind of uh, best discovery. This is like right behind the Hannah Peel for me. Um, I I kind of agree with what Matt's saying on. I think the production on this album is really, really interesting. Um, and I love like the way that the vocals are kind of really close to your ear when you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's times when like, like on Ashtray, it sounds like about five different people singing or mm-hmm. rapping or talking or it. And to me, that's really interesting. It's like, he's kind of created all of these layers with his voice and then also with the production um so you it feels like a band rather than just a per a single person doing all of this um and so it, every, every moment feels very like kind of exciting um yeah the, the the links to like james blake that was the big thing and and then like sort of the piano driven thing of like sampha um yeah so mm. i can totally see why this yeah, is Sampha kind of, one I thought of on the shortlist this is very much a mercury prize mm nominated album and i find it interesting that he wouldn't have been nominated had this been last year um because the the rule change that um kind of kicked off after the rena sawayama thing um he wouldn't have been eligible last year um and is this year so he's the first person to kind of be kind of the kind of uh, like win out from that change basically and so i find that interesting as well because that it kind of sets the kind of context of this album making the shortlist in a different way um but yeah i i really yeah. like it um and it's definitely one of the ones that i'll kind of go back to i've i've managed i've tried to avoid listening to the other one because i know he's released another album since this yeah um, which i nearly put on my playlist um mm. by accident so i'm glad i didn't um but yeah so i'm interested to see if that kind of develops this further or if it's not as good i don't know yeah, I'm the same. I've, I've avoided listening to it, and I'm very excited to dig into it. I felt isn't that other one previous? Isn't the other one a previous album? I think the I, one thought, was first, I thought it? the other one was this year, and this is from last this, year. Yeah, this oh, right, there's okay. one that just got uh, released a couple months ago. Okay, just because I'd seen that one around, and maybe mm. I'd maybe I'd missed this one totally because I think he was on the um, he made that BBC Sounds of 2020, yeah. didn't he? Um, I remember I did the um, article about that on the website and I talked about there's a song called Vinyl on that album, which I chose is actually the best song from the BBC Sounds ones that I listened to. Oh, so cool. I think I definitely will check him out again. Yeah. And I think, yeah. like, listen, we all sound like we're kind of in agreement in a way on Bill, and you two don't see as many problems as me, but we all put it as our second favourite discovery by the sound of things. So yeah, yeah, we're kind of in agreement. I feel like yeah, there's a lot are. of disagreement about to come up. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to get <laughs> some agreement in there. I have no idea um, what you mean, Fran. Let's let's briefly talk about. I mean, I'll briefly talk about Hannah Peel. There's not a lot I've got to say um, of the instrumental albums, though. I it was the one I initially felt most engaged with. Um, I think it feels most dynamic and innovative. I think it feels most exciting. I also think it manages to pack an emotional punch at times without without words, which is which always impresses me because it's something I find hard to get on board with. And it will take it'll make the top half of my list here, but I will probably never listen to it again. Um, 
one thing I'll say about Fair Wave though is it's definitely not boring, which is something I can't say about a lot of albums on this shortlist. So it's not boring. That is my main takeaway from from Fair Wave. Not boring. Not boring. Um, Matt, can you talk about Fair Wave at this point? Yeah, yeah, I can I can chat about it. I I think Sam was right about a lot of it. Um I think it is wonderfully atmospheric. Um it has this warm for me it felt um it feels natural, it feels kind of coastal for some reason. Yeah, yeah, Um, I don't know if that's because I lived on the coast, but um, (laughs) but I think it does balance these kind of natural sounds. But it also has a lot of like mechanical, like machinations in it as well. So it sounds very also human, and uh, yeah, I think it adds an extra depth to it, Um, and it also just has this warm glow. I think throughout, which is quite optimistic, which is nice to listen to when you're listening to it, like instrumental music because quite often it's uh, i find uh especially these days uh instrumental music can be quite claustrophobic and uh, because there's a lot of doom and gloom and so it's reinforced <laughs> with the with with the music mm-hmm. um but i think there are there are some definitely hi- highlights within the album um but a lot of it sticks to just basic like soundscapes and that's i think that's fine but I th- it does seem like there's the capacity for maybe more like interesting pieces that drive in this particular direction. Um, but maybe they just want to make these beautiful soundscapes instead. Um, and that's fine. Okay. There was there was one thing sure. I forgot to say on that as well, is that it was the only album on the shortlist that I feel like was slightly too short. Com- like it was the mm-hmm. only one that, that like ends suddenly. Was every yeah. other album you're like, does this need to be an hour? Like this, <laughs> I was like, I could have done with just five minutes of kind of yeah, like a breather a at the end. Feeling, yeah. wasn't it? Why is this album so long? <laughs> yeah, whereas this yeah. felt like I just needed like a little bit more of a come down. It kind of ends very yeah. abruptly. Um, yeah, it would be nice to, if they finished in a way that kind of resurfaces you back yeah. into the real world um, as opposed to just, oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Go out the door now. Okay, well, I've got a feeling one of you probably won't want to talk yeah. about Black Country New Road at this point. But does anyone want to talk want, about Black Country New Road? I, I want to talk about Black Country New Road. Go, go. I'm I'm really excited because I know you've been like in our WhatsApp chat, you've been slagging them off um, yeah. since the album came out, and it's I haven't really talked talked about it because I figured we'd be talking about it towards the end of the year. Um, for me, it's of the post punk albums this year, it's the best one. Um, it, okay. I have listened to this a lot this year. Um, yeah. I've been uh, like a little disappointed with a lot of the other kind of post-punk punk, punk bands that are at least re- releasing their like second album. Um, and like, I lo- love Shame's record, but I think it, it doesn't have as much going on as this. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, it's a very unique, interesting uh, collection. I think a lot of what you said is, is totally right. Um uh, sunglasses is just fantastic. Um, yeah. I, p- the particular line for me is, uh, I'm invincible behind these sunglasses. Just yeah. that feeling of being able to, like, especially living in a city, uh, having like an anxious day or something, being able to put on my sunglasses and my headphones and then just be like, I'm protected here. Even though I'm on the subway next to someone who's half a foot away from me, it's that yeah. moment of uh, anonymity that they provide um, that makes me smile but then there's a like a truth behind it um and it's just all the way through there's that kind of tongue-in-cheek but also like this is real it's almost like peep show in the fact Mm. that it's 
it's real stuff that's funny and it's maybe yeah. over exaggerated but sometimes you have a moment where you laugh and then you go oh actually that cut close yeah um, i know i agree that's why i got my dry cleaning digging because i think um i think there's something about this album potentially the black country new road one being sort of a bit more I don't know, people could see it as pretentious and I wouldn't necessarily argue with that, but I'm not always against a little bit of pretension. And I think it um, yeah. it feels real. It feels sort of, the humor's really dark and sort of believable. It's not just saying I'm a Tokyo bouncy ball, which yeah. um, anyway, I'll shut up about. But um, well, one thing, well, I, you know the album quite well. Were you, were you yeah. finished, Matt? Did you have more to say? I, will, I just wanted to pick up on that, uh, dry cleaning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my biggest problem with dry cleaning, I actually quite liked a lot of dry cleaning. My biggest problem was the lack of dynamism. And mm. you can like the peaks and the troughs in this album are massive. Even the yeah. deadpan delivery, he breaks that emotionally at many points. Um, yeah. And so it, it's clear to see the, the what works and what doesn't. As you, as you know this album quite well, can, can I ask you though, do you know why he quotes Phoebe Bridges? Why, why that lyric is in there? Because that astounds me every I, time. I don't know. The um, why do you speak with an English accent? I guess it's too late to change it now. Is every time I hear it, I'm like, why is he? Why has he lifted that lyric? Because it doesn't seem like he lifts lyrics a lot. It's fascinating to me. Um, he, if anyone knows, please let me know. Phoebe Bridges quite a lot. It's, it's, she's, it's fascinating she's, that he would just pick that lyric, though, isn't it? She's quite popular. Yeah, that's true. I, if I if that was the case, though, that you just picked popular lyrics from popular people all the time, then songs would get very boring very quickly. But I, I like uh, that you picked it. I just want to know why. I'm not complaining is, about it. I'm not sure why, but there is some interesting England-America uh, crossover within it um, okay. Okay. because they are an English band, um, but there's a lot of talking about America. So maybe it's okay. stuck to them because they have that relationship of some kind. Okay, cool. Um, Sam, do you want to say anything I, about Black Country New Road now? I can talk about this. How, oh, wow. dare, how dare you make assumptions about me? <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, you are accurate that this is my least favorite album on the shortlist, but it does not okay. answer the question that is coming. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that this is the best post-punk album of recent times, but that's mainly just because I don't like any of them. Um, (laughs) And this is like the one I like, I hate the least. I I don't even say I would hate this. Like, it's just not for me. Um, I've, I got loads more from this than I was probably expecting. I really like the way they use like the more jazz kind of adjacent Mm -hmm. sounds. I think track X, like you picked that out. Um, I, I quite like that. Um, I the the opening instrumental, I really really enjoyed that. Um, and I, when I first listened to it, I was like, wait, this maybe I'm going to really enjoy this album. And then <laughs> and then this guy starts droning on, and I'm like, why have you ruined this lovely music I was enjoying? Um, <laughs> and it's 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 the same old story with these sorts of albums where I kind of enjoy the music that they're making. And then they ruin it by just talking over the top of it in a really irritating way. Both of you said sunglasses was good. Like, I I don't understand. (laughs) It was like, it was just really irritating. Am I supposed to get something from it? Like, as in a revelation or like get some sort of understanding or like, I just, I wish they wouldn't say anything over the top. I I don't. (laughs) The thing is, it's a really interesting album and it's like, the reason I wouldn't say I don't want it to win is because I can totally see why this should win. I think that mm. I get the whole post-punk thing and I get that 
there should be some sort of award for that. Like, so if it did win, I'm not going to be annoyed. I don't like it and I'm not going to go back. It's it's by far the album I will never listen to again. Mm. But I absolutely get it for what it is. And I much prefer this to say the Fontaine's DC album or okay. um, I think I listened to like two tracks of dry cleaning and I gave up. Um, mm. So of the ones I've listened to, this is much more kind of, there was much more interesting things going on. They think I like they do a lot. Um, it's just not for me. So yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting time for me to talk to you about post-punk Sam, because obviously we have these conversations a lot and um, you know, I've sometimes felt in my head that your your dismissal of post-punk is a little bit like, you know, people who say pop music's shit or pop music's crap. I sometimes get that from you, but that doesn't sound like what you're saying now. You sound like no, you're saying no, you actually I, do understand that post-punk is... I absolutely get it, and I get yeah. what it's for, and I get why people like it, and I really like some of the music. I, just, I love the energy and the performances that people do, but I do not want to be listening to it. Like there's just, it's, it's, it's just shouty men. Shouty men need to be stopped. (laughs) Like, so the points when there's no shouty men on this, I really like. (laughs) Why don't you like shouty men at all? What's, what's, what, what? I just don't want to be listening to that in my free time. Okay. We get enough of that in everyday life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think shouty men are a problem in society, but most of the time, these these men are shouting about things that are quite interesting. Oh yeah. Um, so it's not yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring <laughs> that up while we were there. Well, I'm I'm shocked. So I'm now fascinated to see what Sam's most upsetting winner is. Because um, I, I knew I was well. I think I might know actually. I'm not going to guess, but I thought it would be that. Let's go to Sam when I've got my timer. We've talked about all those albums now, haven't we? Are is the next question? Yeah. 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 Last question. Okay, Sam. What was your mo- what would be the most upsetting winner for you? Go. So the most upsetting winner for me is Celeste, Not Your Muse, which yeah. may come as a shock to people because I act, I don't mind this album and I reviewed it on the website and I've been on quite a journey with this album. It is not the bottom of my list. There's a couple of albums beneath it. But for me, Celeste and this album specifically is just, it's just not at all what the Mercury is for. And it feels like she's been nominated for literally everything recently. She was nominated for three <laughs> Brit Awards. She was the Ivan Avellas. She was the Sound of 2020. And she's been not she was nominated for a Golden Globe and an Oscar. What? And it's like it's like people just see Celeste's name and they she has to be on the list. Like she has to because she's the thing. But I just don't think this album backs that up. Like I mm. it's like it, the whole thing to me sounds like a really interesting singer who clearly has something that she wants to say and have have rooted in kind of soul music and the kind of classic singers like Etta James and Aretha and these kind of soulful voices being forced to release, well, you can be the new Adele and being forced to release this sort of music that I feel like she doesn't even believe. Like I've seen interviews with Mm -hmm. her talking about this album and it's like, it doesn't make any sense. The vinyl version of the album when it first came out didn't have all of the singles on it. And it was like, so clearly it wasn't supposed to. So to me, that's, that's why this shouldn't win. Okay. Matt, let's go to you. What's the most upsetting winner? Go. Uh, Wolf Alice. Um, And it's not, Because I don't like this album. I actually really like this album. It's mad. It's confusing. It's a total mess. 
Um, but it's it's like fun. Um, but I feel like they've already got one Mercury that they didn't deserve, so they don't need a second one. <laughs> um, I think there's some of their best songs are on this. I, Wolf Arrows are a band I actually really, really like. One of the best ba- uh, shows I've seen in New York was them supported by Drench, um, and it was fantastic um, playing their debut album. And so, like like I was saying, some of the, some of the best tracks they've ever made are on this. There's some absolute, um, f- absolutely fantastic songs. Um, but then they also have stuff like like play the greatest hits, which um, I know we've t- we've uh, talked about privately. Um, is a ridiculous <laughs> song. It's but I think it's not annoying. It's hilarious, and for them to like juxtapose it right next to maybe the best song they've ever made, I think is very funny. Um, and kind of tongue in cheek in the way that it's it's almost criminal, but I, I think it's purposeful, right? Um, I yeah, as as an as an album, I've listened to it a lot. I still don't know if I love it or just think it's fine, but I've enjoyed most of the moments I've had with it. Um, and so yeah, and so shh, stop talking. I'll stop. Correct choice. Um, but stop talking. Are you ready to time me? Um, yes. Ready? Steady? Yes. Go. Okay, so in the years we've been covering the Mercury Prize and possibly in the history of the Mercury Prize as a whole, Wolf Alice's Blues Weekend, Blue Weekend is the worst album to make the shortlist. It's appalling. <laughs> it's totally uncohesive. It's a horrible set of songs. Each song seems to be a terrible attempt at a different style or genre that doesn't suit the band at all. It kept making me think of events at my school where they would just put a band together from a few people and they would fumble through songs that were unconnected and shite it's like the music of the losers of a teenage battle of bands um they don't say anything interesting at any point from the horrible screamy squealy wouldn't you believe i'm in los angeles chorus of delicious delicious things onwards it's just so unbelievably generic and formulaic lipstick on the glass is probably the one tolerable song and then it's followed by the worst run of songs i remember hearing on this podcast smile is a terrible skate rock throwback <laughs> Safe from Heartbreak sounds like a reject from the Grease or Glee soundtrack. How can I make it okay as a set of cliches that Glenn Hansard would be embarrassed by? And I'm not even going to get into how embarrassing Play the Greatest Hits is. The worst thing about this album, though, is that none of them sound like the same band or like it's the same album. It sounds like one of those compilations you found in a bargain bin for 10p and end up using as a frisbee. Um, The Mercury is an album competition, and this album is an unlistenable mess. It gets slightly better after that run of songs that I've just mentioned, but when I say that, all I mean is I could stop pressing the skip button. One thing I'll say for them is this is definitely less bland and forgettable than the one that won the Mercury because it's a fucking awful cliche fest. And if they win the Mercury with this album, the Mercury Prize is dead to me. <laughs> 90 seconds. There you go. That's the I spoke quickly there because I had so much to say that I had, wow. to, I had to do it quickly. Um, okay, Sam. Okay, I'm, I'm going to jump in on Wolf Alice because both of Let's you know that I absolutely love this album and this is the best album on the shortlist by mm. far and it is by far my favourite album of the year so far and I have no idea why I am as baffled <laughs> as anyone else I remember being on the podcast talking about Wolf Alice for like five minutes at the end of the thing. And then we were all like, we didn't even count them as part of the list. And then they won. And yeah. I was so just nonplussed with them. I just did not really care. I didn't mind them. They worked, they didn't annoy me. And then this album is just some of the best 
indie music I think I've heard in years. You, every single song you just said that is terrible, Fran. That run of seven tracks at the start is the best thing on the shortlist. There's, there's, abs- oh if it ended there, I would be, I would have picked it as it should win. The yeah. reason that I don't think they should win is because they did win for an album that definitely shouldn't have won. So in my head, yeah. all I've done is I've just gone, they won the Mercury <laughs> Prize for Blue Weekend in 2017. And we that is a thing that happened. They can be nominated over and over again, and they've won it for this album. I'm just pretending that they've won it for this album. That's the reason <laughs> I don't, because I don't think Wolf Alice should be a double Mercury winner. I think no. they should win for this album in three years ago. I, I, so... <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I, and I know I really like the point you made about Play the Greatest Hits, Matt. And I I felt the same when I first listened to it as Fran did. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is not the same band. This is not going anywhere. And then over time, it's like, I totally get it. I totally get that kind of, they're kind of taking the piss out of themselves in, in a, mm. that sense. And they know that it's ridiculous and they know it's over the top. And that's kind of the point. And that kind of flow through the album, how how can it make it okay? Is definitively the best thing on the whole of this playlist. Oh, it's horrible, there, man. It is I, probably the best song of the year for me. It's horrible. And <laughs> I how you I, I don't get what you're really not getting with it. I feel like you were doubling down because of Wolf Alice in general, and I can't. No, even, no, no, I no, no. I said that. if you remember on the last pod- podcast. I didn't hate the last album. I thought there was two or three good songs, but I just thought it was boring. I thought it was okay. I was actually, when I, when I saw all the excitement about this album, I was thinking, oh, maybe they've finally done it because I thought they had a few good songs on that last album. This is horrible. It's horrible. I, this, it's it's I, just those, awful. Those first songs, Smile, Lipstick on the Glass, Delicious Things. How can I make it okay? They are 10 out of 10 all-time the sort of songs that any of these bands would dream to release, and they've they've got any of the, who, else, who else are you talking about when you say any of these bands? Who else would want to release any the bands song, in their kind of genre? So like yeah. any band, name that me one. Name me one. On name. What do you mean? Name you one. Name me a band that would want to release the song Smile, like, a, like an indie rock band. Yeah, yeah. Fran, you're just being awkward. <laughs> I want to know seriously because I don't. I don't know who else does this kind of music because this music's. It's unlistenable to me. I don't know who else does this kind I, of music. I, I think you've what, never what really you... liked classic, like the classic rock, like like Fleetwood yeah. Mac and stuff. Some like forty-one. Right? Yeah, Some no, 41. I don't. Why are you comparing this to Some Forty-One? <laughs> so, the song "Smile" like, reminds me of skate rock, that horrible skate rock song. It's a bit Avril Lavigne. Um, it it does that song particularly really? and and play the greatest hits and how can I make it okay? It's horrible. Yeah. Someone explain to me what you like about the album though. What's good because I, I can hear you saying you like it, but why? What what do you like about it? Because the song good about this music? Fucking incredible. That's why. That's, yeah. that's it. There's no the, the feeling that I it. get when I hear the, those songs is I I instantly want to sing along. I instantly want to go see them in live. Like I am so I do not care about Wolf Alice in the slightest. Yeah. I I really don't want to go see them. And yet I'm like, <laughs> this is it. This is the album. There's the, yeah. and it's so strange to me. It's not the sort of thing that I would gravitate towards at all and yeah it's kind of just taken over my year um so yeah i i don't i find it weird that you are so against it because i don't think it's kind of i don't think it's doing that something that will spark such a massive kind of 
it's, it's yeah. a patch, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's I was talking to our fellow editor Tom last night on WhatsApp about about in his exact phrase about this album was I don't understand how anyone can feel anything either way about it. I don't understand how anyone can love it, but I don't understand how anyone can hate it. And it sounds like right now we're we're sitting with one person who loves it, one person who hates it, and one person who's kind of in the middle. So I'm, it obviously does I'm spark those, Yeah. It obviously does spark those big emotions either way. I um, as a I can't see how no one would love it though. I, 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 I think it, like like Sam is hundred percent right about the like there are some of the best some of the best songs I've heard them right and some of the best songs on this uh, playlist like how can I make not, uh, how can I make it okay is just a stormer and the fact mm-hmm. you can't see that uh, because it, <laughs> it it is it is of an archetype mm-hmm. but and you don't like that archetype right so that's it's the same as the post punk thing right yeah. So yeah you don't like that type of music and that's yeah. that's fine but yeah. I think maybe what happened with this album as well for me is that thing of the 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 hype around it and the fact that I was kind of baffled by them anyway. I was kind of interested but not mm. sure about them. So I listened to this album with some some interest and some sort of wanting to get my head around it and wanting to see what all the fuss was about. And then it was it was very different to what they put out before, but for me it was different in a very bad way. Um obviously for Sam and for yourself maybe Matt it's 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 different in a good way. Um, yeah. So I think having got myself into that position where I was like, oh, I'm going to really give this a go. And then for the first listen, honestly, to have to skip four songs because they just annoyed me so yeah. much has left me, as you can hear, not, yeah. not impressed. Irritated. Yeah, I irritated. Sam, Sam, you should see them live. She's a very, very good uh, front yeah. person. I, I like, feel she's like... Very, she yeah. very much draws the attention. It's engrossing. It, it feels like a band that know what they're doing and do it very well. Whereas I feel like before the records probably haven't done that for me. Um, and this feels like they know exactly what they're trying to do and they've done it to the best of their ability. Whether they'll ever make anything this good again, I, I, I doubt it. Um, but it, yeah, that's that's what it sounds like to me. Maybe they should settle on one of the 17 styles that they try on this album and then they might make a good album. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Celeste, I reckon there'll be a bit more agreement here. Um, Matt, do you want to talk about Celeste? Uh, yeah, like, so it was for me really interesting um, to like hear you guys, or hear Sam, it was Sam talking about Celeste? It was, it was. Um, because I, I've kind of, I'd heard one of their tracks um but I think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm just obnoxious, but I can totally see this music being played on like montages over the fucking Olympics mm-hmm. and just happened. Oh, and yeah, stuff yeah. oh my like God, you've just stolen over, an exact line in my notes, Matt. All over the BBC and like done to death, right? And I yeah. I am completely missed all that. And so I, I, I have like a slightly fresher eyes on this, I guess. I'm not annoyed by it. There are some fantastic songs that it's weird. I, I wake spent a lot of time comparing this to Arlo Parks because there's a, a stretch of three fantastic, like the best songs on the album from track two to four on both albums. And then it kind of peters out a little bit or calms down. But I think where Arlo Parks remains interesting and is doing stuff throughout, um, like the rest of the Celeste album is just uh, like, I don't need to listen to it. It doesn't matter. Um, it's a like, None of it's very interesting. I like the tone throughout. They're like really, it's warm and rich sounding, but it's so warm and rich at points. It just feels kind of gooey almost. I don't, I don't really, it doesn't read as like innovative and exciting. It's just 
where Arlo Parks is it, like, I would use this comparison. Maybe you'd hear it in a cafe and I'd go, actually, who who is this? I, I might ask whoever's like the bar staff or whatever who who, the, who they're playing the music like celeste would it would never register the album mm. and it would stay in the background and it would never compete for my attention at any point um so but that said still tracks two through four are fantastic um and it is one of those cases of there's some fantastic singles but as an album this does not deserve to be here yeah yeah, I mean, I won't, I won't talk about it for too long because I, I agree with a lot of what's been said. Um, I think every time I came back to it, I, I started to convince myself it wasn't as bad as I remembered. It wasn't as, as sort of boring as I remembered. Because for a couple of songs, it's okay. She can sing. The production is good. Ideal Woman, the first song, is an okay song. And then there's the song Stop the Flame, which is okay. But by the end of each listen, I just remembered how relentlessly flat and sort of uninteresting it is. I haven't kept up on the UK pop scene that much this year, but if you compare it to the pop albums that made last year's list, it just comes up very short compared to them. Um, I think it also has the song from a John Lewis advert on it, which um, that's all I'm yeah. going to say about that, really. I don't really hmm. want the John Lewis advert to win the Mercury Prize. Um, and that, even though there's two albums I like less on the on the list than this one, I would say it would be one of the work- weakest Mercury winners I could remember. Um I, I wouldn't, yeah, I can't think of anything that would be a weaker winner than this. So, yeah, not a not a great, great I, one. I find it's... it interesting that you said that you would put it as like a pop album because it, it mm. kind of fills that space, but it really feels like Celeste isn't trying to be that. And that that's yeah. my big problem with it. Like Stop This Flame, the reason you're saying that sounds like something over the Olympics is because it's being the Premier League uh, the Sky Sports theme tune for the Premier League for the past year and a half. They didn't even change it this year. So it's come back and Dave, my partner David is sick of that song because it plays every time it goes to an advert break. Um, so you <laughs> hear that I watching bit. that coverage though. Exactly. So I, I've heard that song and then the John Lewis ad song, it even has John Lewis ad in the song title. I know. Just in case you forgot. Um, really? Yeah. But, um, yeah, on the on the album, it says the song from John Lewis in brackets. Yeah, so... Uh, so I see, I don't get that on my side. It just mm. kind of, um, all of that side of it, yeah, I, I feel like that's not really... It, I just don't buy any of that side of the record. Um, mm. So, yeah, I feel like we're all kind of on the same page with it. Sounds I like it. I can't believe it says John Lewis song on it. It does. I know, I know, I know, I know. That's, that's outrageous. Yes, it is. Okay, so it sounds like we've come to the end of the questions. We have four albums um, left to talk about, three of which are entirely instrumental, so that's interesting. Um, does anyone have a choice of what Mogwai, Nubio Garcia, Floating Points, or Laura Mvula that they would like to talk about first? Can I talk about Laura Mvula? Because yeah. I, I wrote down that Fran will pick this as the worst winner, and I was wrong there. Because oh. you obviously did it on the last podcast, but yes. me and Fran weren't there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I this to me is the pop record of of the shortlist, mm. and yep. it's really interesting that Lauren Vula is has filled that spot. Where yeah. In the previous years, we've had out and out pop stars like Charlie XCX and Dua Lipa, and uh, even like the nineteen seventy five, like as like the pop person. Um, whereas Lauren Vula is very much in the critically acclaimed kind of like 
she would be played on radio two as well as kind of six music kind of vibe um so then to do an out and out pop record is weird for her and i was really surprised by how positive all of the response to this album has been both in general and also on the podcast last month i was really surprised that you all really liked it as much i really like it but i was i kind of thought everyone would say oh this is a step back it just doesn't really feels like she's kind of regressing but um i think i think the reason for that that no one's saying that is because she manages to keep what made her really interesting in there alongside it's like she's just using a different method of portraying a similar thing so she's doing the same harmonies and she's really interesting musically there's a bit on um this bit on one of the songs remedy where like in the verse it like changes key and then goes back down when the chorus comes in rather than doing it like the other way around. And it it's so clear that it's someone who is very musical that is making this music. And that feels like against what, like these the other straight up 80s records that you hear in the charts currently and where the, that's kind of like the thing right now to do. This is mm-hmm. someone who's just using those sounds to do the sorts of musical motifs that she already did. And... Um, I I think um, yeah for me it, it isn't as good as some of her previous albums. Um, I think some of her best songs are on this. Um, like uh, I think Church Girl and Conditional are especially kind of they they managed to kind of capture the sound of the eighties, but also um, her unique voice really really well. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think I preferred the Dreaming Room. Um, it felt like a, a bit more of a kind of hybrid of the, her two s- kind of styles. Um, but three for three for her, it seems really good, especially after she was quite open about how she was dropped by the label after the last album and really struggled with dealing with mm. that and kind of did that in the public eye. Um, so coming back from that and releasing such a confident album is kind of commendable, I feel. So I, I fully feel like she fully deserves to make this. Um, I don't think she's going to win with this. I feel like she probably would have won for one of the other albums she's had. Um, but I'm kind of glad it's on here. Um, okay, I'll jump in. Um, because it. Sam kind of touched on what you thought my feelings would be. I will say I listened to the last podcast and I was also surprised um, by the sort of reaction of you guys. Because for me, I actively dislike this record of a passion. It was pretty close to unlistenable. Uh, I knew uh, I was right. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, if it wasn't for Wolf Alice, it would have been bottom of the pile. It's um, it's uninteresting. It's repetitive. I find it really hard to differentiate between the songs. It doesn't feel adventurous or exciting. Um, what it actually made me think of was, if you go back to before we started this podcast, if you had asked me about my feelings on sort of poppy R&B music, I was very dismissive and very snobby about it. Um, and that's because of albums like this. This is the kind of music that made me think it was all shit before I started to to learn a bit more about it and, and to really appreciate some music in this, mm. in this space. So, um, yeah, this, this is the kind of album that makes me feel really negatively about this kind of music. I think it's a name. I think she screeches a lot. I think it, church girl, <laughs> sorry, Sam is the purest example of my problem with this album. I think the whole, how do you devil with the dad? How do you dance with the devil on your side thing has just been done to death. Like it in so many more interesting ways and by so many more artists and, and I just, yeah, for me, all of the worst songs on this playlist were on two albums, and that was Wolf Alice and this one. 
Um, what matters with Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro, you guys touched on last time. I think James didn't like it. That is a horrible cringe fest that makes me want mm. to vomit. Um, when you were talking about Celeste, Matt, you, you said the Olympics, and I thought that I had that in my notes, but it wasn't about Celeste. It was about my worst ire for any song on this playlist, other than Most of Wolf Alice, is for the song Magical, which feels like a song that would probably have been rejected by the Olympics if she applied for the, the opening ceremony for it. It's <laughs> such overblown nonsense. It's like nails on a blackboard. And my, my, my final bullet point was just no more, please. No more. So there. Did, did you no enjoy... I assume, have you heard her previous albums? From? Do you know what? I haven't. And, and I was actually quite excited to, to listen to her because, because she seems really interesting. Um, and I've meant mm. to check her out for a long time. And I, I've been meaning to ask you for a while, Sam, to do like a I, blind, taste, I think blind taste you, test on the website for me. Even though you, but, you've just said all of this, I do think you yeah. should give them a listen because this is very different in tone and style yeah. than those. That's yeah. the sense I got. That's why I was excited to listen to this one because I think... I have heard things that make me think I would like her. I've heard, you know, conversations and read articles and seen things that make me think I would like her. So that's why this was maybe again, why it was so disappointing for me because I really didn't like it at all. Yeah. hundred percent. You'd like the previous albums. No okay. shadow of a doubt from me. I think okay. um, it, it hits, it threads the needle for you. I think of like, um, like okay. the, uh, the lyrical content and the like beautiful singing, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but minimal instrumentation. The voice on this, the voice on this really grated on me, so I mean, maybe yeah, not my concern there. I don't know. So, well, I th- so like my my opinions haven't changed. I'm surprised that you both took us as giving a positive review of this album. I think at most it was. Lukewarm. I thought you were going to slate it. Like I yeah, thought you were going to do what Fran well. just did. Yeah. I was convinced Nick, especially, uh, was going to tear it to pieces. See, so I, I think don't think Nick listened to it. I think that's what happened. The- I don't think Nick listened. One of the issues I think both uh, James and I had is we both went in as fans. And so we were like, not, we, we're giving her the benefit of the doubt almost. Um, because I totally like respect her decision that she wants to change up what she's doing, but I don't think she nails the eighties aesthetic. And I think she hampers herself by going for it. And I think the biggest area she hampers herself is her voice. She doesn't let it loose as much. And she yeah. doesn't let it be the, the spotlight. And I think that those moments are special in her previous albums and they just don't exist on this album. And so like, I think Fran will dig that potentially. Okay. Um, I'll give it a go. But yeah, I'd like, if any, like an extra couple of weeks of listening to this has done no favors, especially <laughs> comparing it to some fantastic albums. When last month we had a bunch of middling albums. It, yeah. it, it looks even worse. Okay. Well, interesting. On that point, I'm going to go to you, Matt, for one of the... Tell me what your favourite of the remaining three are. So the Mogwai, oh. Nubi Garcia, or Floating Points, which is your favourite? Oh, God. I don't I don't have a favourite. <laughs> all of them are much of a muchness to me. Let's which go for... Is your, which is your least favourite? I was trying to get some positivity into the podcast. But fuck <laughs> you. Um, okay, Sam, which is your favourite of the three? <laughs> Um, I'd say the Nubia Garcia, uh, yeah, um, yeah. but only just, um, yeah, I think, I think of the two jazz albums, this is the better of the two, but Jamie Cullen must be ecstatic that there's two jazz albums on this. Yeah. <laughs> He's like so excited about mm. managing to convince them to nominate two jazz. Um, yeah, I, I think this one is just a lot more kind of there's a bit more energy and I, I really like the kind of fusion of kind of Calypso kind of 
reggae, soul. It has it's very percussive, um, even if it's kind of very jazzy as well. Um, it's like it's like a world album, but not like the genre world music. It's like it just feels like it picks from like lots of different places across the globe. Um, so I, like she's clearly a very talented saxophonist and i don't think any of us are going to start talking about like how whether she can mm. play the saxophone very well no. because we will have no say on that um but um but i was surprised she was on the proms a few days ago um and i just switched the tv on and she was on and i was like oh wait that's her and uh she's really engaging as a performer which i wasn't expecting um because she's playing the saxophone um but yeah, so that was a bit of a surprise for me. And I feel like that does come across in the album a bit. Like it's it's weird. You have these singers who are really in, really good and I, I really like the different voices you hear. Um, I, I picked up Boundless Beings, um, the singer on that, Akenya. She's got like a really, really like, deep tone in her voice and I really liked that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I... I feel like it'll be one of them that I say I'll go back to and then I probably won't because I <laughs> listen to one jazz album a year on the Mercury list. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is like perfect. Put it on at a dinner party if you want to impress like your like work colleagues that you're like cool and into mm. like exciting music. Um, whether it's going to win. James likes it so much. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. he is very yeah. much like that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's very highfalutin. <laughs> Just wants people to like him, so he plays jazz. That's my opinion. Hi, James. I hope you're all right. Um, <laughs> Matt, do you want to talk about Nubia Garcia? Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I think. Um, I guess I was a little disappointed. I think I've got really into the more recent uh, jazz outings on the Mercury, uh, like with Moses Boyd and then uh, Shabaka Hutchings, various outfits, uh, like. Um, uh, the Sons of Kemet. Yeah. And The Comet is Coming. Did that get nominated for once? Or I think, am I just once, I think yes. one of their albums did. I think yeah. one of them did, yeah. 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 So I think like he's had he's had a couple and then um Moses had a, had one and it, I think they were really interesting and they took jazz into different places which were much more accessible for someone of like my palette. Um, and so this feels a little bit more traditional. That said, you can obviously, yeah, you can hear like the reggae scar kind of uh, drums at times, and I quite enjoyed that. Um, but it is very much like the saxophone is the be all end all, meandering throughout this as a core of this, which which makes sense mm-hmm. because that's her 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 thing. Um, but it did become almost at times like this just sprawling demonstration of like, this is what you can do with the saxophone. And I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But also, yeah. And I've actually, so I've, I've listened to some of her previous stuff before because she's collaborated. I like, I, um, I listened to a, 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 like a lot. I still listen to um, like The Comet is Coming and Sons of Comet quite a lot and uh, some of his other bands. And she's collaborated with him a bunch. And so I've listened to some of her songs separately through that. And they're a bit more driven and a bit more interesting. And so I was like excited when I saw this on the list and I was actually a little disappointed because it does feel a bit less focused. Um, Mm. But it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely middle, middle, lower middle of the pack for me. 
Yeah, I think my my bullet points on this one could basically be summed up as it's a jazz album. Um, (laughs) It's a jazz album with lots of really long jazz songs that sound like a lot of jazz songs some would make if they were told to go make a jazz song. To me, it's kind of like, this is what jazz is. Um, And and like you said, Matt, there's been years where I'm not a jazz person, so there's probably loads of amazing stuff going on in this album. But albums like Sons of Kemet and Moses Boyd snap me out of this sort of thing of not understanding jazz to get me really really interested this didn't it was just a lot of jazz sounds it was a, it was like a montage of jazz um i don't know if either of you watch mighty boosh but it made me think of howard moon doing jazz um yeah so yeah i mean <laughs> that's i'm harsh. not gonna i'll say this about that's other albums so on the list. <laughs> i can just see him making faces you know um but i'm not i'm not doubting the talent show on here like she's amazing she's obviously an amazing musician um but as I've said on the on you know about other albums, and I will say about other albums, there's obviously a lot going on. It's obviously very well done, but it's not it's not really for me. And as Nick's not here, I'll borrow an expression he uses a lot. This album does not set the world on fire for me. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Unless um, anyone else has got anything else to add to Newby Garcia, I think I'm going to go to Matt to talk about Mogwai. Okay, I was about to say, let's jump in with Mogwai to break up the yeah. break up Nubia Garcia and Floating Points. Um, yeah. I think uh, Mogwai was it was fine. It, it kind of glided along. Um, it doesn't feel like it did really anything beyond that though. Um, the songs themselves didn't seem to like. Sometimes they build to something, um, but they didn't really seem to mix up the pattern that they had. Mm. And they just kind of had this steady state for a while and maybe it'll gradually build to somewhere and it gets bigger. Um, and quite, I, like, I'm someone who really liked builds in songs, but these weren't exciting in the way they did it. Um, there was drama, but the, the drama wasn't, again, like they made drama without making it compelling in any way. Um, the elements I liked, it was impressively angsty without vocals for the majority of it. Mm-hmm. Um I found it like often this music is very, um, I, I mentioned this actually earlier, like often uh, when it's very instrumental, a lot of music these days make it very um, like uh, oppressive, but this felt cathartic in its nature uh, as opposed to oppressive. Um, but that like, those are me really picking out like some positive points from something where I feel just a mare about. Mm. Um and it's just, it's really weird that there's just like one kind of regular rock song in the middle. Yeah. It sounds like they just had like this big instrumental uh, album and then they were just like, oh, let's get the Biffy Claro boys in and get them to do like an old school rock song and, and then we'll we'll kick them out again. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not for me. I mean, I'll jump in because I started, I started out where you ended really. I mean, Mugway have been a tough one for me for a long time. You guys know that I've got a big soft spot for Scottish music. If you think back to the first article yeah. we ever did on PickyBees.com, it was about my love of Scottish music. Um, and if you look at some of my favourite acts, such as The Twilight Sad, Frightened Rabbit, Catherine Joseph, they all cite Mogwai as massive influences. Some of them are even on Mogwai's um, record label. But they've never really clicked for me, um, and that could be largely because I'm not a big instrumental music fan. I'm really worried about them being on this list because because of all that. Because I know we've got a lot of followers who love them, we've got writers who love them, and because some of my favourite bands love them, I didn't want to slag them off on the podcast. But in my first couple of listens, I thought I was really going to have to. I was really bored and uninspired. But something really happened with, and, and you know, this is an obvious statement, but 
I'm really glad I've got good headphones and that, you know, that I went out for a few walks with this music because something happened while I was out walking a little bit. There was, there was more nuance than I'd noticed before. There was, there was more layers. Uh, the layers were more impactful individually. And there was some, I think there's some real beauty in among some of it. So it grew on me quite a lot. Um, and I started to only listen to this album when I had my headphones on and when I was outside, I've been walking my, my newborn uh, baby around in the pram quite a lot. And this was accompanying me a lot of the time because if she started crying, I could hear her over it because there was no words. Um, <laughs> but if I was in the right mood, this album could really take me somewhere, particularly the early songs. Um, do I think it should win? No, I don't. I think it's quite 90s um, and doesn't feel massively original. It doesn't feel massively different to what I've heard from them before. Um, and it's probably 20 to 25 minutes too long for my liking. I think if this was a short, impactful album, I would really like it a lot more. But it did really climb the list for me and probably ended up as my fourth favourite album so i'm glad i got the chance to let it clip for me i mean it being my fourth favorite album we'll talk about the the list as a whole shortly um Mm. it doesn't say as much as you think it says i'll just put that out there but um but i'm glad i gave them a chance to click for me because they did click for me a little bit um i don't think i'll listen to it loads and i don't think i'll listen to them loads but I, i get them a bit more now so i'm glad that it was here sam hated it uh, no, no, I didn't. No. Um, okay. One keep thing, things about you today, mate. I'm sorry. I'll say another yeah. thing that will probably mean that I'll never be invited back. The last time I did this, uh, you you invited me back, so that was fine. Um, <laughs> but this time, um, I for some reason, when they were announced as being on the shortlist, and also when this album went to number one in the UK, for some reason, I thought this band was Gomez. And I don't know why. <laughs> Sounds a bit like they Gizmo, have, Mogwai, Gizmo, they have Gremlins. No, they have nothing alike. They are not at all the same mm. band. And yet I saw the name Mogwai and thought, that's Gomez. <laughs> that's the band that won the Mercury Prize in however, whatever year. That's um, brilliant. So I went into this not knowing it was going to be instrumental, not knowing what this band was. <laughs> and I was like, this is, have I put the wrong album on the short? Like, what is this? And I actually ended up quite liking it. This was, for a bit, this was probably going to be my um, pick as my, like, favourite, like, new discovery. In the end, I feel like it's really let down by how long it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the the album, like, every song just feels like it goes on for, like, one or two minutes yeah. too long. And when you don't have the lyrics for some of this stuff, it it kind of can become really repetitive. Um, and what you were saying, Matt, there with sometimes it doesn't really go anywhere and mm. um, that it feels like you don't get the payoff of of a seven minute track that's sort yeah. of just going on on and on um like i picked out here we here we here we go forever um because i like i love that is it a guitar sound it sounds like a vocal that's like distorted um but I, I can't tell what it is. And there was loads of other interesting bits where I'm like, what am I actually listening to? Is this, is this a human making this noise? Is this, uh, is it kind of like a recording of something? Um, so there was loads of things in this. I will say these are the worst album uh, track titles probably yes. in any, to the bin, my friend tonight, we vacate earth. <laughs> <laughs> that is a load of shit. What, what is that? <laughs> makes no sense it makes no sense and it's like what do they think these instrumentals are doing and yeah. saying like is it meant to give me this kind of like sense of something else like yeah i think that's where some of my issues came early on because it made me think it was a sci-fi album and it's not really no, they do a lot no. of soundtracks they do a lot of soundtracks but it just made me think of um you know 
some spaceship coming in and I was like, yeah, I don't really like spaceship films. I'm not that interested. And then I realized it wasn't that. Spaceship there was films. more to it than that. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I, sorry, Sam. I, I'm surprised that I kind of got into it as much as I did. Mm. I just think it needs, like you said, it needs to be like 25 minutes less. Like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. far yeah. too long. And just a little bit of urgency would have made, like, because yeah. there were times where I felt I couldn't resist, but like I found myself like bowing my head along or like moving. Yeah. While I was like working or, or something like that. I think that. there's something in the song construction, the, the album construction, because I think it starts off with urgency and it doesn't end with urgency. So yeah. that's kind of, if you just cut it in half, literally you'd probably <laughs> have a better album. You wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to go through picking tracks. I think it just starts really urgently and yeah. then it, it drifts and it drifts. So, Okay, floating points. Okay. Shall I start us on floating points. points? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Before I start, I just want to ask a question. Uh, obviously... I was on paternity leave. I've got a, I've got a very small baby, so I'm sorry if some of my questions get baby stuff thrown in. But I just want to ask: Have any of you heard of you and the Dream Sheep? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Anyone with small kids who's listening right now will will know what you and the Dream Sheep is. So it's basically this cuddly little sheep with a speaker inside that plays white noise white noise to a baby to get the baby to stay asleep. There's like five or six different types of white noise to choose from, so you can choose like a waterfall or a hoover, or, or there's one where there's just a woman going, shh, shh, continuously. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> um, but you and the Dream Sheep has moments when he's more engage, engaging than the majority of this Floating Points album. Um, I'm considering <laughs> starting to use promises to get my daughter to sleep instead of the sheep, to be honest. Um, it's just so meandering and, 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 and unengaging. Um, and anyway, on a more serious note, I know, like I said with Nubia Garcia, there's a shit ton of talent on show on this album. So everyone's talented. Everyone's amazing at what they do. But, and, and no, actually, I was, in, I was intrigued to see how it would develop when I first started listening to it. But it doesn't develop. It just meanders. And I think with each track being called Movement 1, Movement 2, Movement 3, there isn't any fucking movement. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't for me at all. I think it's a total snore, snore fest. Even if I can recognize and appreciate the talent on show, I think there's lots of talented people here. Well done to them for being talented. But I think they could have put their talent to better use on this one. Um, yeah, I'll stick with you and the Dream Sheep, I think. Um, let's let's go to Matt so so our no longer sure. a guest can finish off the, the episode. Yeah, yeah I, 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 um, yeah, you're right. When you t- describe this as meandering. I was actually quite mm. excited when I first heard this, like first listened through I was like, oh, this has kind of got interesting. Like the fact that it has one motif that's repeated throughout the entire album. I was like, mm. that is something I haven't heard before. I'm curious to see how that plays out over multiple listens. Um, and the answer is it gets real boring real quick. <laughs> um, I thought it would, could be exciting and innovative, but it turned into just a bit of a, like a snooze fest because most of the, like you said, most of the movements aren't that different from each other. Mm. And so it does feel like one giant song or one giant, whatever, like what a movement or whatever. Um, but nothing is really that like varies that much between mm. things. And like, yeah, this core skeleton that is going throughout it, which is like pretty much the normally the loudest thing, the thing that conveys the tempo. It's exactly the same for the entire run length. And so it just, didn't really get me anywhere or take me anywhere. I think it was probably the album I enjoyed the least listening to mm. by the end. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm glad to, in a way, I'm glad because I, I felt like I was going to get one of those moments where I was told I was a total philistine for not for not being able to get into this album. But um, I can be the philistine. Yeah, I mean, before we move to Sam, I just I, I reckon it's one of those things. If you if you sat in a room and watched them perform it for, as a one off performance, it would be oh. amazing. It's a bit like yeah, when we had that um, planet, planetarium album on years ago, Matt, the um, Suffin Stevens and the guy from the National, which was all about the planets. Like as a performance, I bet it's amazing, and, and this one too. But as an album to keep listening to, not really. What about you, yeah. Sam? Yeah, I I'm kind of on the same page as both of you. I I was excited to listen to this because it. It seems to be like there was loads of like talk around it as being like it's it's one of the albums of the year. Like it was all I saw it in record shops all the time. It seemed to be this thing of like you sit down and you become one with the album and mm. all this stuff. Um, and I really like the idea of kind of like an electronic producer and then like a jazz performer and then an orchestra and then you get all of the, those different sounds in there. But then it's like what you said, in the end, it kind of doesn't really live up to the initial thing. And I mm. found myself every time I listened to it, I'd be like, am I still on the same bit? Like, <laughs> And then I'd look at my phone and it would say movement five. And I'd be like, okay, so, but this sounds yeah. exactly like the other one. And I, the, the thing I, the things I really liked and, um, are where the, the orchestral moments and they come very infrequently and like movement six, especially that is one of the most beautiful pieces of music on the whole playlist, like as a one piece of music. And I feel like if mm. the album, literally if the album had been that, I probably would have put it like way higher as a mm. six minute track. And um, because that gives me what the whole album doesn't, which is this kind of like journey from through this thing and through all of these different instruments and and then feels very complete. And then you have that bookended by all of this other stuff that doesn't really capture the same thing, isn't anywhere near as beautiful and isn't anywhere near as interesting. Um, so it feels like it kind of peaks in the middle and then mm. just drops straight off, but the peak is very, very high and the lows are very, very boring. Um, so yeah. it's like part there was a point where I was like this is going to be my pick like I, I absolutely love this it's it's really interesting and I've kind of gone back and forth and back and forth on it so um, yeah I'm kind of with both of you this ended up really low on my list like mm. 11th um, and oh, wow. even though I could see myself listening to this again three months from now and going, actually, I've picked out more things from it. I just kept going back, trying to find something. I spent all month going, give me something from it. <laughs> and all I got was that one track that I really, really liked. So maybe I'll just delete the rest and keep that one track. Yeah, I yeah. I think when you came up, when I listened to the podcast you were on a couple of a weeks, a couple of months ago, Sam, and when you were also trying to like cut albums up and take bits out and keep bits then, was that... Is that your yeah. new thing? That is, yeah. I, I don't want to do that, especially with this. Like it's, <laughs> it's like orchestral movements. That is like yeah. sacrilege. And yeah. I, I feel like that's probably part of the problem is that it is very much a performance piece. Um, and what you were saying that it would probably be nice to see performed as a mm. single thing, but as an album to listen to over and over again, probably not. Yeah. Um, so I actually think that this has a really good chance of winning um, I think there's a lot of hype around it and I could really see this kind of um, this kind of like the mixture of the different worlds are on this 
Um, mm. I could see them winning it, which would be strange if the London Symphony Orchestra won the Mercury yeah. Prize. Like, yeah. do they get yeah. the mon- do they get part of the money? Like, what <laughs> what happens? Um, yeah, they take them out for a nice dinner. It's it's interesting when you talk about the hype of it because when I you'll both remember the day the Mercury shortlist was was announced and I was ranting in our WhatsApp group and I also tweeted just to say that I thought it was a really poor list, which we'll talk about in a minute whether that's changed, but. Um, I don't get a lot of replies on my personal Twitter account. Nobody really pays attention to me or follows me. That's that's fine. But that day I got more replies than I've had in a long time. People getting angry and most of them telling me, how could I say there was no great albums on this list when there's the Floating Points album? Yeah. Um, which just, I, I, I didn't really know it at that point. I think I'd had a little cursory listen to it. So I, I got excited. But I remember the first time I listened to it, doing what you said, Sam. Of, I was listening to it while I was making some dinner and I kept going back and, and see, am I still on movement one? Is, is, is there going to yeah. be a movement? Is there going to be a new song? And there just never, <laughs> never really was a new song, but I'll go back and listen to movement six and see if that I have that same yeah. moment, but okay. That's everything. So let's yeah. have a quick, quick talk about what we think about the shortlist as a whole. Um, Matt, what did you think? Um, I, I was, I think, um, like a lot of people, like you just said, I was, um, not that excited when I saw the list. There's a bunch of stuff I, I liked, um, but there was nothing I was mm. like, oh, awesome. Um, apart from seeing the fact that Salt actually got nominated. Um, and then listening to it, I was like pleasantly surprised. There were a, 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 there were some surprises in there that I was ex- excited about. But overall, the album, like the playlist as a whole, all the albums, I'm, I'm still like, mm, compared to mm. the like years we've had previously where I could pick and be happy with a Mercury prize winner out of like five. I've got maybe two or three that I'll be like, yeah, that's, they deserve it. And that's it. Yeah. Sam. Um, I feel like I'm going to be contradicting everything both of you will say about this list. I think this (laughs) is my favorite shortlist in the whole time we've been doing stuff like this. Um, when it was like when it was announced i already had four of these records on vinyl kind of Mm. uh so which ones were wolf alice uh ollo parks sol and lauren vula okay um so i think i would have the gets one if i could but it isn't on vinyl um so Uh, i had five albums i really liked going in and they were my top my top picks for going into it. I did a tweet and all four of them got nominated. Um, And I feel, I really like how diverse everything is. It feels very much like this, this list kind of showcases a lot of kind of diverse genres and really interesting albums that, that maybe wouldn't have usually been on it. Like the Berwyn one and the float, even the floating points album, we've said that it's kind of a bit boring, but um, on the list, I don't think there's been an album like that in a very long time on the Mercury list. Mm. Um, so whether that's the actual state of British music right now, I, I don't know. It, I, don't, I don't actually think it is because I think there are lots of albums that probably should be on here for various reasons. Like yeah. I know that I always say like I don't want to listen to Fontaine's DC again, but it's weird that those sorts of records didn't make it. Um, even if yeah. I, I'm glad they didn't because I didn't have to listen to it. But for the wider music space, um, it's a bit weird. But I personally, I really, really liked this. And there was there was very little that I was like actively avoiding listening to. 
Um, so I was happy to listen to this for the last month. Um, yeah. Oh, it was a massive struggle for me to listen to this for last <laughs> month. I, I think it's potentially, depending on who wins, it could be the year the Mercury dies. Um, <laughs> there's three albums that I think would be the worst winner we've ever seen. Um, there's only, I don't think there's a great album on this list. I think Arlo Parks is the one that comes closest to being great, and it's not great yet. It's it's very, very good, but I don't think there's a great album on this list. Uh, and last year, there was just great album after great album after great album. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a bad list. I think it's a bad list, and I want them to know because <laughs> it just didn't. <laughs> it just no, just no. There's just just there's just not good stuff. And I think the thing that struck I struggled with was maybe something like Gets. Um, there was great albums that came out in the in the genre this year. I think the Slow Tie album was fantastic, and so was the Ocean Wisdom. And I felt like. You've mentioned the post-punk that's missing. I think there's also hip-hop that's missing. Maybe what they've tried to do is vary the playlist a bit more, and maybe that's a good thing um, for music, and maybe it's a good thing for the playlist, but it's just not a good thing for my taste per- per- personally because um, yeah. it ended up with quite a lot of stuff I didn't find that listenable, really. Um, there's only two albums I'll definitely listen to again, which is a bit sad. But on that really miserable note, I do hope, I do hope Arlo wins because she is amazing. So, yeah. Any more comments before we talk about it next time? No, no. I think it's, no? yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what wins because it, 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 I have my suspicion it is going to be Arlo Parks, but it does feel even more up in the air than usual. It feels way more open than last year yeah. did and maybe mm. even a couple of years before. Um, so that's why I feel like it may be like a really surprising winner that's kind yeah. of comes out and it's like hasn't really had that much success um at all because the last yeah. few winners have been very well established mm. um and already like some of the biggest albums on the list yeah um, if i was to pick a winner that i think would surprise people a little bit i think it would be the berwin i think the berwin yeah. would win it um i don't cool. see arlo parks winning it personally i just don't i think who's... she's done the brit awards she's done too many things like that so i don't think she will i think berwin could win it Who's the uh, the? Does anyone know the odds? Sam will know. Oh, I did check this the other day, but I'll check it right now. I would guess Arlo Parks is the favourite. Um, um, should we talk, talk about next next month? Well, yeah, Sam let's talk about up? it. Okay, so next month we hopefully will have Nick back, and we'll I will still be here as long as my baby allows me to do things and not just change her nappy. Um, and Tom Burrows, one of the editors, will also be joining us. So. I've got everyone else. Do you know? Do you know what people are nominating? What people are bringing, Matt? I think I've got everyone's here apart from yours. Yeah, yeah. I, I've also got everyone's written down. So, okay. so you do Tom. I've got mine. I'll do. I'll do Nick. You do yourself. So I am doing. I'm bringing Amel and the Sniffers Comfort to me, and Nick is bringing Little Sims with. I believe it's called Sometimes I'm an Introvert. Yeah, and I'm yeah. suggesting Turnstile with Love Connection. Uh, Tom is nominating uh, Lord with Solar Power, and and also um, doing the classic uh, Cocteau Twins with Heaven or Las Vegas. And for the Why I Love, it's going to be a Nicholas Jar playlist. Okay. Did you find the favorite, Sam? Yeah. And the, from what I can see, the favorite is Salt, Ooh, which I was surprised by. Get it. Um, and not that that means anything. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't. Um, but yeah. I'm not too surprised. But I think it'll suffer a similar thing to when Nadine Shaw was the favorite. It's too political yeah. at the end of the day, I think, to win it. I don't think it'll win it. I think we're looking at Berwin, Getz, or maybe Floating Points. Maybe Sam has convinced me. 
Bloody Wolf Alice better not win it. Anyway, let's end on that. It would be. <laughs> yeah. I don't even Thanks want to win, and I love that no. album. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, cheers. Okay. Like, thanks for coming on again, Sam. Um, our lodger slash annoying neighbour. Yeah. Um, Welcome back, Fran. Thank you. We'll see you the rest of you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.